Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Let me pray for us before we begin. Father, we thank you for opportunity, Lord, to study your word, for the opportunity to spend time singing praises to your name, Lord. I pray that as we open the truth of the scripture, that you would help us just to know you more clearly, that you would, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reveal to us in our hearts and our lives how we should apply this truth to our hearts and to the things that we do. And then, Father, I pray that you would strengthen us and guide us to be transformed more into the image of your son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, we are excited about our upcoming missions conference this Friday night, most of the day Saturday, and then we'll, of course, talk about it on Sunday morning. We've put the flags up for the last couple of weeks to remind us of our call to go, certainly to America locally. We're going to talk a lot about local missions and our need to do some of the same things we've been doing overseas here in LaGrange. We're going to talk about Zambia. We're going to talk about Romania. We're going to talk about Guatemala. We're going to talk about Brazil. And so I want to challenge you to be a part of that. If you hadn't gotten your ticket already, you can do that in the breezeway before you leave. There's a banquet Friday night. There will be a nice dinner. Brother Al Jackson from Lakeview Baptist in Auburn will be coming up. Some of you may be familiar with that church. Brother Al's been there now for over 30 years and has sent out, as best I can tell, and my numbers may be a little off, I think they're pretty accurate, over 300 people from their church over the course of 30 years into full-time mission work. Now, here's what that means. That means 300 people have decided that they want to go into full-time mission work. I'm not talking about a short-term trip where they come home. I mean, they've sold everything they own. They quit their jobs. They've gone to a foreign country, and they've given the service of their lives to Christ, over 300 people from their church in 30 years. That's phenomenal. Now, you probably don't know this, but that's unheard of in a church. That just doesn't happen. So Brother Al understands the idea of missions. He understands very clearly the idea of missions within a church. And he's going to challenge us Friday night. He's going to be here again Saturday for lunch to challenge us. Deacons, there's a special breakout session specifically for you on Saturday. I want you to pray about being a part of that if you can. Blue and Darby Tidwell will be here from New Day Orphanage in Zambia. Gary Udy will be here from Guatemala or from his experience in Guatemala. Many of you know Gary when he was a pastor here in LaGrange many years ago. So I want to encourage you, the banquet is Friday, the breakout session is Saturday, and of course Sunday, we're going to do something like we did last year. Last year, at the end of the summer, we took up a missions offering, and the Lord just blew our doors off. For those of you that don't know or weren't here, we raised over a quarter of a million dollars that Sunday for mission work. So we're going to do that again this year. Next Sunday, we're going to do a missions offering. We're going to ask the Lord to bless us, and I want you to be in prayer for what He'd have you to do. I want you to be in prayer for what He'd have you to give. I kind of challenged our people last week to, as best they can... Help some of these students going to Brazil. Help some of these people that maybe can't afford to go. And I just want you to pray through that. I want you to pray through your role and what God's calling you to do. Because I think we've got an incredible opportunity. We've got an incredible opportunity to give and to send and to go and, and just do all the things the Lord's called us to do. So with missions on our heart and with the idea of going into all the earth, we're going to turn our attention this morning to Psalm chapter 67. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you to open there. Psalm chapter 67. The nations will be glad. Now, as you're turning to Psalm chapter 67, I want to give you a statement that I want you to ponder for just a few moments. And I want you to ponder it in your mind as we walk through this study this morning and even as we leave 
this afternoon, here's the statement. We as a church, and that means the body, the believers of Jesus Christ, we need to understand very clearly that God calls us to reach the world for Him. That's our calling. Now, I've said this already. I'm going to say it again. If I step on your toes, forgive me. Your calling is not simply to show up on Sunday morning. Okay? Now, we should. That's part of what we do, and we should worship. And this is a big part of the life of the body of believers coming together in corporate worship. Absolutely. But if that's all you're doing, I think you're missing the truth of Scripture. Now, Psalm 67 is going to kind of clue us in. It's going to give us this picture of God's heart for missions and specifically God's heart for the nations and people all over the earth. And so we're going to begin this morning, Psalm chapter 67, beginning in verse 1. I think we have this on the screen for you as well, or you can follow along in your own Bible if you'd like. Psalm 67, beginning in verse 1, says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine on us so that, verse 2, your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear Him. Now this is a short little chapter with seven verses. And as you begin to read through this and study through this, you see that it's filled with praise for the Lord. Lord, thank you for doing this. It's filled with the blessings of the Lord. Lord, you've blessed us and you've given to us. But it's also filled with something else. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. Not only do we see a picture of the Lord's blessings, not only do we see praising the Lord, but this chapter is filled with the calling from the Lord upon our lives to go into the world. That's the calling we see here. And so there's there's some truths that I want to pull out of these seven verses that I want you to understand this morning and begin to apply to your life. And here's the first truth I want to discuss. Number one. As we study Psalm 67, the first truth that we notice is this. God's blessings are given so that we may make his name known to the nations. God's blessings are given so that we may make his name known to the nations. Now Psalm chapter 67 beginning in verse 2 paints this picture that the Lord is interested in the nations. It paints a picture of God's desire for all the earth to hear his name. And so we see phrases in Psalm 67, beginning in verse 2, that say things like this. May your ways be known on the earth and among all the nations. Verse 3 talks about the peoples, all the peoples. Verse 4 talks about the nations, and then the peoples, and then the nations, and then the peoples, and then all the peoples. Verse 7 talks about all the ends of the earth. So there's this very clear picture There's this very clear understanding that the Lord is interested in His name being known to the nations. We see that very clearly in verses 2 through 7. But I want you to notice verse 1 because it's a little bit different. Put verse 1 back up for me if you would please, Stephen. We've talked about the nations in verses 2 through 7. But I want you to look at what verse 1 of Psalm 67 says. And I'm going to ask you to actually read something out loud for me on the screen. Ready? May God be gracious to and bless... And make his face shine on. Right, so there's this kind of interesting contrast, isn't there? Verse 1 is all about. Oh, that's good. Your reading comprehension is excellent. Way to go. You'll do well in your standardized testing later this year. Congratulations. 
Verse 1 is all about us. Verses 2 through 7 are all about what? The nations. And going to the earth. So we we begin to ask this question. Okay, we've prayed in verse 1 that the Lord would be gracious to us. That he would bless us. That his face would shine upon us. But what does God's blessing upon us have to do with the nations? Because there's this interesting division. Well, I answer this at the beginning of verse 2. Bring verse 2 up for me if you would, Stephen. Verse 1 says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. What are the first two words? So that. See that? There's a reason. You see that? God said, I'm going I'm to bless you and I'm going to give you these things and I'm going I'm to place my hand upon you and show you my grace so that your ways may be known on the earth and your salvation among the nations. See, here's the bottom line. You ready for this? The Lord blesses us so we can in turn go to the nations. And there's our wake-up call right there. You hear it? That's the alarm. Wake up. Thank you. (laughs) That was actually perfect timing. I should have done that. That would have been better if I could have done it. Wake up, everybody, right? The Lord says, I'm going to bless you so that, what? You can go to the nations. John Piper says it like this. God blesses his people for the sake of the nations. See, there's an interesting pattern in Scripture where God places his blessings upon different people. And then he calls them to do something for the sake of the nation. So we see examples like Genesis chapter 1. Adam and Eve have been created. The Garden of Eden has been created. Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 28, the Lord says this, or the, the Scripture says this, God blessed them. There's that word bless, right? God blessed them, that's Adam and Eve. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God says to Adam and Eve, I'm going to bless you and then I want you to go into the world. And I want you to spread my glory into all the world. That's a model of what we see in Psalm 67. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 12. The story of Abraham. Beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, go, this is before his name was changed to Abraham. Go from your country and your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will, and here's the same word. Now let's tie in the same verbiage here to Psalm 67. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And verse 3 of Genesis 12 says, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And watch this. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Here's the pattern again. Fast forward to Isaiah chapter 49. The Lord is speaking to Isaiah. He's speaking specifically about Israel. And he says, I will make you, talking about Israel, a light for the Gentiles. Watch this. So that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. See, there's this biblical pattern over and over, and it says this very clearly. The Lord is going to bless you so that you can in turn bless others and share his name with all the world. That's the point. See, here's the problem we run into in our culture and in our society today. We kind of see the blessings of the Lord as just that. They're blessings of the Lord, but they're not for anything other than us. Or thank you for all you've done for me. Now I can finally go do all these things I've always wanted to do. Thank you for giving me these things, Lord, and now I can amass more and more. This. And let me be clear. There's nothing wrong with stuff. We need cars and we need money. And we, need all, we get all that. But there should come a point where it's clear to us, the Lord has done so many things for me, I need to bless others with it. And the Lord has given me so many things, I need to go into the 
uttermost parts of the earth and share Christ and share his blessing with all those that will listen. And so we begin to kind of take inventory of our own lives and we begin to take inventory of all the Lord has done for us and all the Lord has given to us and we, we begin to look around and it becomes pretty clear to us if we look around and notice and kind of open our eyes that we've been blessed in our country, haven't we? Now we need to be careful here because we can't always equate the Lord's blessing with material wealth. That's not always the case. The Lord blesses in a lot of different ways but if we kind of look around in our country we see that the Lord has given us a lot of things to be thankful for. In fact, I, I did a little research on what the Lord has given to us and then the amount of wealth that we find in our country. And I want you to listen to just a few numbers here to kind of put this in perspective. America has approximately 5% of the world's population. And yet we have 35% of the world's wealth. Now contrast that with Central and South America that has 8% of the world's population, more than we do, and yet only 4% of the world's wealth. There was a study in 2008 done that kind of divided the world income-wise into the top 50% and the bottom 50%. So based on what you make in a year, you're either in the top 50% of the world or the bottom 50% of the world. Remember, there's about 7 billion people roughly, so 3.5 billion, 3.5 billion. The cutoff line for the 50% mark in the world, you ready for this? $2,138 per year. <laughs> so if you make more than $2,138 per year, not per month, per year, then you're in the top 50% of the world. Right? If, you, if you make over 60000 a year, you're the top 10% in the world, which is most households in our area. Now, if you take a look at the bottom 10% of the United States, so, so, so the poorest 10% in America are in the top 30% in the world. So the poorest of the poor in America are among the richest of the rich in the world. There are over a billion people that live on less than $2 a day in our world, every day. Now, the tendency, unfortunately, for some people is to say, you know what, America should be ashamed for all that it has. You should be ashamed for all the stuff you have and all the money and all the resources. And I would disagree with that. We shouldn't at all be ashamed with it, but here's what we should do. We should recognize it for what it is, a blessing from the Lord, right? And if, it's a, if, if we begin to understand that it's a blessing from the Lord and we begin to... We begin to think through this grid of Scripture. We begin to understand if it is truly a blessing from the Lord and He has given us all these things, then maybe He expects us to do something with it. Maybe He expects us to give of ourselves. I'll, I'll never forget when we were in Guatemala. And some of you have experienced it. I know they saw this in Zambia, Romania, and other parts of the world. If you've been to, to an impoverished part of the world, we were standing there one day working on one of these block houses in and. We were there most of the morning, and, and the ladies of the house were outside by their little fire. They don't have one inside. It's too hot to cook inside, so a lot of them have it outside or in a little hut beside their house. And, and you hear this all morning, right? And they're not, they're not clapping. They're patting their tortillas. That's what they do. And they have to do that all morning. So, so, so lunch for them is a several-hour process, right? It's not an easy process. And it just, it just occurred to me, and I think Rusty and I were standing there just talking. We were working on these block houses and it just occurred to me that the only reason that she's doing that and I'm doing this is because of the grace of the Lord. See, that's a, that's a hard-working lady right there, trust me. She was not at all lazy. She was intelligent. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with her work ethic. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It just occurred to me, had I been born in a, in, in a, in a village in Guatemala, much like she was, that would be my wife right there. And that'd be your wife or that'd be you. That'd be your spouse. See, it had nothing to do with their ability to work. It had nothing to do with their intelligence. It was simply, and this is kind of how I boiled it down in my brain, it was simply the grace of the Lord that she was born there and I was born here. 
And you think, oh, well, if I'd been born in that village, I would have made something of myself. No, you wouldn't because you wouldn't have a chance to go to school. There's no school to go to. You wouldn't have the resources to get on a bus. There's no bus to take you anywhere. There's no jobs to be had. There's none of those things. So these people are born and they live and they die in those villages. And we take a look at the world and what, what, what the rest of the world deals with. It's hard for us not to understand that we are richly blessed. But the question becomes, what do we do with it now? Do we have this stuff so we can just amass more? Or should we figure out some way to begin to try to give back? You know, I mentioned the offering we took last August and how God just, just kind of blew our minds with the amount of money and, and all he had done for us. And so we, we recognize that as the blessing from the Lord, right? And so we, we did exactly what we had planned to do. And I love somebody phrased it like this last year, and I wish I had said it because it makes perfect sense to me. They said, we gave all this money so we can turn right back around and give it away to somebody else. And that's exactly right. And so we, we've given money to, to the people in Guatemala and built homes and medical supplies. And we bought 160,000 vitamins for those kids down there in that one little village. Remember, they don't have the same nutrients that we have. They don't have the same kind of food that we have. And so they don't, they don't grow like we grow. And they don't have the, the access like we have access to. So we bought these vitamins. We bought school supplies. And we did VBS for them. We, we gave a lot of money to the orphanage in Zambia so that it could build another building to minister to more people and to reach out to more people in the, in the village and to help those orphans. We're supporting a pastor in Romania in a very rural village who's reaching now three different churches and people that have never heard the gospel because of your generosity and because of what the Lord did through this offering. We're able to bless other people, right? But see, I think that's the point of what the Lord's saying to us in Psalm 67. I'm going to give you these things not so you can keep them for yourself, but so you can figure out how to help other people. So you can figure out how to bless other people. And whatever that looks like for you, you know, everything's different. Everybody's different. Every situation in life is different. And that's really between you and the Lord. But I think this scripture is clear. We see very clearly that God's blessings are given so that we may make his name known to the nations. Now look at verse 3. Let's continue to move forward. So what happens when the Lord's name is known? We'll look at verse 3. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Verse 4. May the nations be glad. And sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. See, here's the second point. When God is known, when the name of the Lord is made known, the nations will be glad. When the Lord is made known, the nations will be glad. Now, this psalm has a very interesting structure. And if you study the book of Psalms, you see that oftentimes these psalms will have certain structures to them. And so the way that they're physically laid out is important. And it helps us understand the meaning. And so Psalm 67 is very similar to this. So if you were to kind of take a look at the whole psalm, you would notice this. Verses 1 and 2 and 6 and 7, the top two and the bottom two are very similar. They talk about the Lord's blessing. They talk about the nations. They talk about how we should make his name known throughout the earth. As we whittle down closer to the middle, verses 3 and 5 are exactly the same. So pull verse 3 up if you would, Stephen. Verse 3 of Psalm 67 says this, May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. That's verse 3. Now look at verse 5. What does it say? May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. It's the same. So we're kind of whittling in from the outside in. We have 1 and 2 and 6 and 7. They're similar. 3 and 5 are very close. And so it brings us all the way down to the middle to verse 4, which is kind of the point of this passage. And so we understand as we kind of whittle in and talk about the grace of the Lord and the blessings of the Lord and how we're to go to the nations, verse 4 is kind of the point here. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, 
For you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. See, here's the point. When we, when we use our blessings and our resources to honor the Lord, the nations are glad. Now you say, you know, I get that, I see that here, and I read that here, but that's hard for me to understand right now because I know the context of the world in which we're living in, and one thing we can say for certain is this, the nations at this current moment aren't glad, are they? There's little joy. It doesn't take you long if you turn on the television or you open the newspaper or you get online and read an article to see all the terrible things that are happening all over the world. Egypt is the one that we've heard about most recently. And you've probably seen some of the pictures and some of the videos, and it, it, it literally looks like a war zone. It's kind of it's descending into civil war right now in Egypt, and there's no peace there. There's no joy there. And so we look at these passages of Scripture, and we begin to read through this text, and we begin to compare it to the world that we know, and we say, how is that even possible? How can the nations be glad based on the different cultures and the different locations and the different languages and all the problems they're having in all these Countries all the world. How can we say with certainty that because of the Lord they will be glad? Well, here's the point. And here's what we need to understand. When we share the name of Jesus Christ, and when Christ is the focus, then no matter what the circumstances, we can find joy. And I think so many people miss that. They look for joy and peace and hope in, in so many different areas. And we just see over and over in Scripture that if we'll place our hope in Christ, if we'll place our trust in Christ, if we'll place our faith in Him, then we will find hope and we will find joy. And as Psalm 67 says, we will be glad. We had the chance coming home from one of these villages in Guatemala last year. We were riding this bus. And, and I know the experience, this, what I'm about to tell, the same idea in Zambia and I experienced it in Romania several years ago. But these buses in, in Guatemala are kind of weird. I think I've told the story before. They're the old school buses from America. The bus we were on had the Bluebird Bus Company logo on it right there from Fort Valley, Georgia. We go all the way to Guatemala and we ride a bus made in Fort Valley, Georgia, right just south of here. And so you take these buses and you kind of run them into the ground and they're 20, 30 years old. And they sell them to somebody in Guatemala. They paint them pretty colors. They chrome them out and they look sharp, right? And then we get on the buses and that's where we go. So we're on one of these buses and we're riding back from our village and we notice that the driver has got a, a radio, like a CD player and speakers all in the bus. And so we asked him, would he turn it on? I was just, we were just kind of curious what we were singing anyway as a group, which is kind of fun. And he turns it on and it's Hillsongs, which is, you know, you guys are familiar with the group, the Australian group Hillsongs. And they're singing in Spanish, right? But it's words and songs that we know. And so as we're kind of listening and we hear the song, and we begin to recognize the song, what do we start doing? We started singing it in English. It was this very, just kind of a, almost a surreal moment where you've got the, the Spanish music playing, and this guy on the CD is singing in Spanish, and you've got this whole bus full of English people speak, singing and speaking in English, and we're singing the song in English, and we're kind of singing together. And just for, for just a moment there, it kind of reminded me what heaven's going to be like. When we're all together, right? Every tribe and every nation, every tongue. And, and we see this passage of Scripture in Revelation that, that kind of points to this. And it's a picture of John looking into heaven in the end times. And it's Revelation chapter 7. And it says this, After this I looked, and before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Right? There's so many people we can't even count them. From every nation and every tribe and every people and every language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes. And they were holding palm branches in their hands. It's a picture of Christ. Remember on the final 
trip into Jerusalem there, and they cried out in a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. See, there's this, there's this picture of one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And because, now watch this, because these people are united under the banner of Christ, there will be peace and there will be joy and the nations will be glad. Here's, here's the most incredible thing in, in my mind, at least about this passage of Scripture for us here at Rosemont today. This is not a theory that we should just think about. We actually have the resources to do this. You understand that? There are literally hundreds of millions of people all over the world that read this passage of Scripture and have no resources and no ability to go. And no ability to give. And so for them, it's a matter of, Lord, I'm just going to pray for faith that you'll help me and show me and give me the ability to go for us. It should be hope that we'll pray and think and ask the Lord for the ability to go. But on top of all that, guess what? We've actually got the resources to do it. You want to talk about the nations being glad, show up in a remote village and give some kid school supplies. You want to talk about experiencing joy, show up at a medical clinic and give these people free medicine. You want to talk about joy, show up in a remote village where people are living in shacks and build them a concrete house for their home to move into, their family to move into that home and for them to be protected. See, as we go and as we are blessed and as we reach the world for Christ, the Bible tells us that the nations will be glad. But here's maybe the best part in verse 7. I want to finish up with this idea this morning. Verse 7 of Psalm 67 says this. It's a picture of what's to come. May God bless us still. See that? Not he has blessed us, although he has. Not that we receive those blessings now, even though we do. But Lord, bless us still. And then here it is again. You ready for this? So that, in case we were doubting really the point of this passage of Scripture, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. So here's the third point I want to make this morning as we kind of wind this down. We should begin to recognize God's blessings as our call to go. The psalmist says, Lord, I want you to continue to bless us. So, Put that verse back up again, verse 7, if you would. God, bless us still so that we can amass more and more wealth for ourselves and our family, right? Oh, no, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. God, bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. You see that? Lord, give us more blessing. Why? So we can show it to other people. Bless us, Lord, so we have the resources to go and to share the news of Jesus Christ. Some of you are thinking, you know what, Adam? I just don't know if I can go across the world. That's a long way to travel. There's some fear involved and there's some money involved. And, you know, okay, that's fine. You don't have to go all the way across the world to share Christ. Why don't you start by just going across the street? Right? You don't have to go to China and sneak Bibles through to an unreached people group to fulfill this passage of Scripture. You understand that? You could bake a cake and take it to your neighbor and say, you know, I just just want to tell you I love you and just tell you a little bit about what the Lord's doing in my life. Just wanted to invite you to church. I I think sometimes we we rebel against mission work sometimes because we're maybe convicted that we're not doing anything in our own homes. Can I say that? I think we take a look at this passage of Scripture. we, we, We need to recognize that the Lord has called us to go. And the Lord has given us the resources to go. And as we see, point number three, as we see these blessings, we need to understand it kind of as our call, right? 
Lord, if you're going to continue to bless us, and you must continually call us to go, you, you must be interested in sending us. You must be interested in doing more and more in our life. Because if you're continuing to give me these blessings, you must have a plan for these blessings that's a little bit bigger than myself. It's a little bit more than just me. It's a little bit more than just what I need. Amy's uncle, Charles, and his wife, Eva, lived in Huntsville, Alabama. And they went through something that you would hope and pray you'd never have to go through. But his wife, Eva, had brain cancer for about 15 years, on and off. Some months and years were good, and some months and years were bad. And in the end, she lost her sight and her ability to reason and understand. It was a very difficult last, really, couple years for that family. But right before she got sick, years and years ago, she was a school teacher. And she was at school one day, and they called a faculty meeting in the school, and they brought in this guy, and he was kind of selling insurance to him, right? And he sold a couple of additional rider policies, right? The heart policy and the cancer policy, and some of you guys are familiar with those. And, you know, if you're like me, I sit in those, and, you know, I'm not going to buy another policy, because in your mind, you're never going to get sick, right? And that's kind of how she felt. But for whatever reason, the Lord prompted her, and she bought this cancer policy, it was real cheap, you know, $15 a month. It was, it was next to nothing, right? About a year later, she gets cancer. Well, what happened in this process is that this cancer policy not only paid all their additional expenses. I mean, their insurance covered a certain portion. The cancer policy picked up from there, paid the rest of their money, and actually sent them additional money every month. And so for 15 years, every month, they were making several hundred more dollars. And he said they, they just began to kind of pray through that and think through that. And it just occurred to them at some point that the Lord is, it, 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 as strange as this is going to sound, the Lord was blessing them. In the midst of your wife dying of brain cancer, you see the blessing of the Lord upon you. That's kind of where he was. And so they just decided we're going to start giving this away. We're going to take this money that the Lord has given us, this blessing we're receiving every month, and we're just going to start giving it away to other people. So they started supporting all these ministries in the Huntsville area. They supported churches and missionaries and all these different things that were in need. And I don't know, they supported a lot of different ministries with thousands of dollars over the course of 15 years. And I'll never forget as we got kind of close to the end of that journey. And this started before Amy and I even had met and were married. But I'll never forget, as we got towards the end of that journey with Eva, and as she was kind of fading, and we kind of all knew that it was getting close to the end, he sat down one day, and he, he made this comment to me. He said, you know, as hard as this has been for our family, there's a part of us that wishes it wouldn't end, because that's when the blessing of the Lord is going to stop. We're not going to be able to give it to other people when she dies. That's a very profound thing to say. But see, it's kind of a different perspective for us, isn't it? It's a different perspective sometimes to see that even in the midst of the difficulties of life, even in the tragedies of life, even in the hard things that we go through, we can still see the blessings of the Lord, and the Lord can still use those for His honor and for His glory. So even in the midst of that living nightmare for that family, they found on some level at least joy. Why? Because they took the blessings of the Lord, and they used them for His honor and for His glory. So I want to challenge you this morning. You know, everybody receives blessings in different fashions, in different manners. For some people, it's money. For other people, it's time. For other people, it's the ability to pray. And that's between you and the Lord. But you need to answer this question. How has the Lord blessed you? And what does he require you to do with that blessing? Because I think if we could just kind of get past the way we see the world, 
And we'd see the world from the perspective of Christ. And we see the blessings of the Lord from his perspective. What he calls us to do and who he calls us to be. I think if we would answer that call, just like the passage of scripture says, we would be glad. And we would find joy. So here's the question. Are you interested in taking the blessings of the Lord, being a part of his plan, going to the nations to share Christ with those that have never heard? That's the question you need to answer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this scripture, for the clear teaching of this scripture, Father, for this call, Lord, to do more than we're doing. And if we were honest, Lord, with ourselves, we all know that we could do more. We all know we could give more. We all know we could be a a bigger part of your picture and your plan. So, Lord, I pray you just convict our hearts right now. Whatever that means. For some, it will be money. For others, it will be time. For others, it will be something entirely different, Lord. And that's between... Well, that's between us and you, but I just pray you would convict our hearts to recognize our blessings and see the needs around us here and abroad. And then I pray you give us the courage and the strength, Father, to do the things you've called us to do for your honor and for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can stand. We're going to give you a few minutes if you want to come and pray at the altar. And maybe you need to think through some of those priorities and the blessings of life. Maybe you want to repent of your sins and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you want to join this church. This is your time now as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.